I'm Rabbi Nicole Guzik. And I'm Rabbi Erez Sherman. And, and this, this is SinaiCast. Sinai Catch up with Sinai Temple's latest programs, speakers, exclusive content. Candid conversations and inspiring connections. Follow us now. Bringing Sinai wherever you go. Good morning. My name is Rabbi Ara Sherman from Sinai Temple in Los Angeles, California. We are thrilled that you are joining us this uh, either morning, afternoon, or evening, depending if you are in California, New York, Chicago, Texas, or even in the land of Israel. We are thrilled to bring you this program through the American Friends of Magain David Adom and through the Sinai Temple Israel Center of an unbelievable story, a story that I want to introduce by sharing with you a story that happened about a month ago when Magain David Adom had their gala here in Los Angeles, and they visited Sinai Temple, and we had an amazing speaker, Dr. Enat Shinar from Magain David Adom, and she brought with us a guest that I knew we had to introduce to the world, and that's Yasmin Mazawi, a Christian Arab from Nazareth who saves lives in the Jewish state. Before we get to Yasmin though, we're going to have an opportunity to speak with Yoni Yagodovsky, who is the Director of International Relations for Magain David Adom. And we're gonna hear a little bit about what Magain David Adom does, not just in Jerusalem and in the state of Israel, but also throughout the world. So without further ado, we're gonna introduce Yasmin Mazawi and Yoni Yagodovsky. It's so great to have you, uh, Erev Tov in Israel and uh, Boker Tov here in Los Angeles. Yoni, how are you? Very well, pleasure to be with you. It is a pleasure to be with you. I wanna start with the basics for those of uh, us within the community who are might have seen the ambulances riding around Israel or might have even donated to make those ambulances possible through American friends, but what does Magen David Adom do on a daily basis that saves lives in the land of Israel? So Magen David Adom is uh, active, active as an organization for the last 91 years, established uh, years before the state of Israel received its independence as Israel uh, emergency medical system, blood donating system or blood banking system and the Israeli Red Cross Society were acting as a non-governmental organization according to the Magenda Vidadom law that was legislated in 1950 by the Israeli Knesset, by the parliament. We are the Israeli National Pre-Hospital Emergency Medical Services, meaning we provide all the ambulance and emergency medical needs to every Israeli all over the country. Uh, with uh, activating ambulances, mobile intensive care units, emergency medicycles, and many other uh, 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 vehicles. Uh, we are a voluntary based organization, meaning the vast majority, about 90% of the people who are actively uh, working, uh, uh, actively uh, providing services in Magenda Vidadom as emergency medical technicians, paramedics, phlebotomists, et cetera, are volunteers. And uh, about 10% are employees, ending up in about 30,000 people 
that are coming from the wide spectrum of the Israeli society, uh, from any community, any city, any village, uh, uh, whether Christians or Muslims or Jews or Druze, they work together and volunteer together for the sole purpose of saving lives, whether it is within the blood donations uh, abilities or uh, activities of Magenda Vidadon, whether it's with training our own teams or the general public, whether over the last few years it is with also responding to the COVID crisis here in Israel and taking a central part in it. Um, we are a pretty active organization. Uh, Israel is known uh, as a country that, um, let's say, things are happening here. So in addition to the routine uh, medical uh, response to people with car heart attacks or car accidents or strokes or other uh, emergency or non-urgent medical problems, and even every now and then baby deliveries at home or on the way to the hospital, we are there to provide the emergency response to any uh, emergency in Israel, including terror-related or human-related emergencies. So I want to ask about the volunteers first and then talk about the terror and emergency-related uh, emergencies. And also an announcement for those watching, uh, both in the webinar and also on Sinai Temple YouTube and Facebook. If you have questions for either Yoni or Yasmin, please uh, put them in the chat. and We'll be able to ask them throughout the program as well. So first, let's talk about the volunteers, because the volunteers, you said, are around the entire spectrum of Israeli society. How do you find them? And then maybe you can give us a story or two of people of very different backgrounds that have come together to save lives. What does that look like and how do they become friends through this uh, idea of pikuach nefesh, of saving a life? So uh, my own experience is that uh, when I was uh, in high school a few years ago, less than, between uh, close to being 16, uh, uh, already friends of mine volunteered in Bagenda Vidadom in Jerusalem. And it seemed to be from their experience, a very interesting place to be in. That's why I joined and became a, a, a basic uh, a volunteer as a, as a youth volunteer in Jerusalem, etc. And this is how it goes. Uh, most of the people come to us. The name of Magenda Vidadom is well known as a place that welcomes volunteers. And people from all ages, from 15 years old to, I don't know, our eldest volunteers uh, getting close to 90, 93 years old, uh, are all coming to the organization uh, for a variety of reasons, because they want to learn, they want to check their abilities, they know that they can assist and they want to provide assistance to others. Uh, uh, they do it as part of the education in high school. Uh, some come uh, and provide, uh, after they graduate high school, instead of going to the army, they do the national service with Magenda Vidadom. And the fact that Magenda Vidadom has presence in almost every community, every city, every a kibbutz or moshav, etc., uh, immediately draws fantastic people to the organization. We invest a lot in their training and we make sure that they are being kept busy, knowing that people 
that feel that they are needed and also do things in shifts, in ambulance rides, in treating their neighbors and their friends and people that, that they don't know will continue on volunteering for us. And we and everybody, especially the Israeli society, will have a great benefit of fantastic people who assist one another. And comradeship is the essence because once you are committed to treating others, you immediately work in teams. And uh, today your team member can be a male or a female. Tomorrow it can be Orthodox Jew or secular Jew. It can be somebody who lives in the, in the West Bank or somebody who lives in an Arabic uh, city or a community. Uh, in Mada, you speak a lot of languages. Uh, the spoken languages are Hebrew, Arabic, English, Russian, and, and, all, and others. But I think the most common language is uh, human. Mm. We care about other people and people who care about other people know how to manage fantastically among themselves. I cannot say that everything is uh, fantastic with uh, you know, bright ribbons and, and flowers, etc. We are Israelis. So we have at least one or two or three different opinions during the day. Uh, but when it comes to the actual working together and spending time together in the stations and in the ambulances and among the phlebotomist teams of the blood banking system, uh, you cannot imagine how people can live together and work together and form fantastic friendships. So I want to ask you one last question before we begin to uh, hear Yasmin's story and how all of the things that you just said about living the human experience is the most important part of Magen David Dome within Israel. Um, you were deputy director in Jerusalem, where you are sitting right now in Yerushalayim, um, during the second intifada. That is not a normal experience for anybody, no less to be the head of emergency services during that time. What is something that you learned out of that experience that we can learn today in terms of um, bridging different parts of Israeli society? Uh, even though it was quite a long time ago, I think that the, it had a lot of impact on the daily life of, uh, in Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, at that time, my children were relatively young and uh, Almost every other day, I was disappearing from home in the middle of the night, in the evenings, when I was supposed to take them to uh, after-school activities because something happened. A car exploded, terrorist attack somewhere, a bus exploded. There were other events uh, in Jerusalem in, in the area. And it's not only me. The entire team of fantastic people were on alert for years throughout the day, 24 hours a day, knowing that any, in any minute they can be called and not always and sometimes more than once a day to horrific, horrific events where people were losing their lives and being injured with horrible injuries. And we had to be there for them within seconds, not within minutes, within seconds and provide the best medical care, do the uh, 
best triage and evacuate them as quickly as possible to the hospitals while trying to keep them alive. And fortunately, with some of them, we were able to keep them alive, even though according to the textbooks, they couldn't make it. Others did not survive. Some of those who were hurt and died were part of our family of Magenda Vidadom. Some of them were relate, relatives of, of our volunteers and employees. So it has a direct impact. And my greatest concern at that time was that due to this overall stressful feelings that we all experienced, the next time that it will happen, people will not be able to respond. We will not have the power, the inner energy to respond again and again. But uh, fortunately, probably we work pretty well supporting our team members and making sure that they feel needed and important and knowing that they, whatever they do is simply sacred work. And we were able to recruit more and more and more volunteers and employees into our system and train them well. So there was no lack of people who were able to respond. And those that in a given minute or given day felt a little bit weak or you know that had other concerns, it was okay. There are others that will fill in and you will recuperate and come back. And that's how it worked. So now we're going to meet one of those team members who I was just blown away by her story a couple of weeks ago when she was here in Los Angeles. And I was, I've been to Israel over 20 times, both as a, a child of a rabbi, but also as a rabbi myself, led high school students, led rabbinical students, led members of our synagogue. But on my trips, I have never met somebody like we're about to meet. And that's Yasmin Mazawi. Yasmin's from the city of Nazareth a Christian Arab who, at the age of 14, began volunteering for Magen David Adom. Uh, in a few moments, we're gonna watch just a short video of her story. But Yasmin, I just want to, number one, thank you, and actually actually uh, tell everybody that I believe your first time in a synagogue, right, was here in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. Um, she had better Hebrew than most of our congregants sitting uh, for Shabbat services. Um, but Yasmin, you're from Nazareth, I believe several generations born there. Tell us just a little bit about you growing up in Nazareth and what your childhood looked like uh, growing up in a city that honestly most Jews have never been to. First of all, thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And I'm so glad that I'm here with you today. Um, well, I think, I believe that Israel is a wonderful, diverse country that combines different cultures, Jews, Arabs, um, Druze, and Cherkess. And that's what make, makes, that's what makes the painting colorful and magnificent. I was born and raised in Nazareth, um, in the city of Nazareth, um, on the values of tolerance, preservance, and giving back to the society. Um, I chose, uh, I have chosen to walk on unpaved path that we will talk about it later on um, today in this webinar and giving back to the society, um, striving for academic excellence and social impact despite paying, paying a heavy social and emotional price for standing up for values of open, 
mindness and tolerance toward the other. Um, and I, I, I think also that I have worked hard to advance my mission to build social political bridges between Arabs and Jews and integrate um, the integrate um, the Holocaust awareness campaign among Arab youth um, that have volunteered as and have volunteered as paramedic and instructor for over eight years in a couple of months um, at Magen David Adam, including two years of national service, saving lives and challenging stereotypes and seek and seek to um, to bridge gaps between the different societies in our wonderful country. Um, growing up in a Christian Arab community in Nazareth, Nazareth, I've been actively committed from a young age to bridge between Arabs and Jews societies, fostering courageous leadership and stepping outside of my comfort zone to bridge about social, cha social change and mind shifts. Um, I know very well the Arab society. I say every day, Sabah al khair, which is good morning, Tisbah al khair, which is good night. And I know Bokir Tov and Laila Tov, which is good morning and good night. And my mission is to make good. Um, in addition, um, regarding your question, I consider the Arab society in Israel a heterogeneous, a heterogeneous sorry, society and do not consider it by, you know, Muslim, Christian, Druze, or anything else, but through the um, psychoeconomic, uh, socioeconomic situation <coughs> as like modern, religious, traditional, um, and assimilated. So we can find this, we can find all of these religions in different segmentations, as I mentioned. So before I have lots of questions, I know other people have questions for you as well. We're going to watch a short video that really tells your life story and hits on a couple different things that you just said, uh, both on your journey of tolerance. I just want to make sure everybody understands. Yasmin said eight years for Magin David Adom. That means since she's 14 years of old, 14 years old, started this journey and also has taken a trip to Poland for the March of the Living, which we'll chat about in just a bit. So please uh, both enjoy and uh, pay attention to this important video of Yasmin Mazawi. I remember a case that I had a man who was 55 years old, his heart stopped working. When we came to him, we started CPR, and then we had to give him a shock. Suddenly you can see him awake. You can see him talking to you, and he said like, what happened to me, what happened to me? Two minutes ago, you were dead, and now you are alive, you are talking to me. For me, it was like, wow. I was born to a family who was very open to people, open to cultures, to accept the other, to help the other, no matter who he is. I started volunteering in MDA since 15 years old. I went to a course and studied how to save lives and started volunteering. 
I really think that I want to go to the shift and make something different every day. I want to bring this smile on the patient's life. I can't have this satisfaction from any other thing that I can do. It was my decision to go to Auschwitz. It was way different. I think to feel this in your five senses, to see, to smell, to feel this, it's way different than just to hear about it. Really because of them, we still remember this Holocaust, this hard time that they had. لما كنت باوشفيتس ببولندا فهمت انه هذا التاريخ اللي صار مش بس احنا لازم نفهمه مش بس بالدوله عندنا لازم نفهمه لازم كل العالم يفهمه كلياتنا نعرف هذا التاريخ عشان ما يرجعش على حاله الاشي بالاخر بتمحور حوالين الانسانيه لما كنت غاد شفت فهمت انه كل هذا الموضوع هو موضوع انسانيه بالاخر احنا عشان نقدر نتعايش مع بعض مفروض نفهم هاي الشغلة كتير منيح أني ياسمين مزاوي بطفدول وسوزان مزاوي مسيئة مسؤة زو لخفود ارغون مجن دافيد دوم ارغون أتسلا اليومي شل إسرائيل ولتفقرت مدينات إسرائيل I cried <laughs> It was wonderful feeling it was in the name of all MDA. It was so moving. You know when mom just dream of something and it really comes true. If really somebody deserves to lighten the torch, this is Jasmine. MDA is um, helping Yasmin to bring the uniqueness of the values of MDA. In MDA, I can really live and accomplish these values that I grew up on at home, uh, which is my second home. MDA is my second home. <laughs>
Even when I was a little girl, my parents always looked me in the eyes and told me, Jasmine, you, our children, you are the change agents in the Arab society for integration into the country. And I always say, how can one, a person grow on this sentence without doing anything? To me, one of the criteria to make this change is to lower the barriers of fear between different people to get to know the other more closely. Um, they came with me all the way and supported me to do the right. Um, they lift me up when I fail and when I had um, some challenges, uh, especially when I lost childhood friends because of my beliefs and my values, um, because my friends saw me different. I'm so grateful and thankful to be their daughter and that they see in me success as an Arab young woman who went through many difficulties in a very young age as a teenager. Instead of being with friends and hanging out, I decided to go with my values and break stereotypes and bridge, bridge the gaps between different cultures in our wonderful and diverse mosaic in our country. So then let's take us to the March of the Living. Which group did you go with through the March of the Living? Was it through an Israeli Jewish high school? Was it through Magen David Adom? And what, at what point did you realize, I'm going to learn a story that maybe I've never learned about before? And also you say in the video um, that you can hear it, but there's nothing like feeling it. Was there a moment when you were in Poland that you felt something that you just couldn't explain otherwise? Absolutely, I this delegation, delegation with MDA um, youth volunteers. You know, as Arabs in in Arab in the Arab society or in Israel, um, many youth and schools are not exposed to this story very much, um, and especially I would say when many um, schools and delegation go from. It, from the schools, Jew, Jewish schools, I mean, um, to delegation to Poland or Yad Vashem, people in the Israel society have no idea about this. And when I just received an email that there is a delegate, delegation of youth volunteers who you want to go to um, Poland, I immediately took a screenshot of this email, sent it to my parents, and I told them I am going there. And for me, that was very important, especially as a young woman who came from an open house that is open to cultures, open to people. And I would say even I was exposed and I have grew up with um, and met many people who are second and third generation for um, for uh, Holocaust uh, for like parents who who uh, were you know parents who um, who went through this hard experience and grandparents too and I always say to myself how can I you know grow grow up in a house like this without knowing the other. My neighbors are Jewish. My people, uh, my, my friends and 
the teams that I work with at Magen David Adom are Jewish. So we should know, and we are we're supposed to know more about this history. In addition, I believe that in order to make this change, we should, um, like in order to make the change, we, we should talk about it, especially as an Arab, Israeli Arab in the country. So the history won't repeat itself, you know. So, uh, I wanna bring in Yoni as well and be a three-way conversation here. Yoni, are there more Yasmins out there within the uh, world of Magen David Adom? Um, and, or is Yasmin an outlier? What does that look like? Well, I think that um, Yasmin is, is, is a fantastic example mm -hmm. and a role model for many, many other young people who live in Israel. Uh, and But join Magen David Adom. Uh, from my own experience, I, I remember, well, it was uh, sometime in the early 1980s, where uh, Israeli Arabs who live in the Jerusalem area came and joined Magen David Adom and began to volunteer with us. And then they began also to work with us. Uh, and we had doctors who are Israel, uh, Arabs that were working with us. And it has changed completely the relationships, not only among us ourselves as, as Magen David Adom uh, team members, but also with the relationships with the people that we were treating. Uh, the, by the way, pretty much the same from a different angle is that we brought in ultra-Orthodox Jews to volunteer in Magen David Adom. Once you have people from different parts of the society, it makes our job much easier. We can understand better our patients, where they come from, what, what, what is happening with them in their families, what is the right way to speak to a patient. And this is creating a fantastic environment that assists in, in, in the actual medical work. But it also has a, an additional value. I think there's, there's a say in, in, in Hebrew, meaning heal and be healed. From this week's parasha of Mishpatim. Uh, and uh, I think this is exactly the essence. And it's way beyond the actual medical activity. It's something that it is on your daily behavior with people that are not from your own neighborhood or your own school or your own culture, inv cultural environment, etc., but are part of the society. And that's the, the, the essence of, of Magenda Vidodom. And I, we have many, many, many people who are Israeli Arabs. We provide services also to Palestinians who need medical assistance. Uh, uh, and we work together in a crazy Israeli family called Magenda Vidodom that we love one another and we can shout at one another but when it comes to being human to one another, this is how it goes. And so, people sometimes who are, find it difficult, sometimes don't find their place uh, 
in, in the organization, but uh, we continue to love them. So Yasmin, just as you said, you learned about your neighbors. Is there an example maybe of a friend who was Jewish that you met working with Magen David Adom, then you brought, introduced them to your family and they visited Nazareth? Absolutely. Thank you for this question. Well, when I attended the paramedic school before I started my national service, I lived for a whole year with four girls, with four young women um, who were like, who were um, Jewish. And we lived together for a whole year. And that was amazing when they visited Nazareth. They said in the beginning, we have never thought that, the, that we'll do this, that we will come to Nazareth and get to know your family and your, um, your traditions, your food, your, your language. For us, that was, we didn't think that we, we, we will do this stuff one day. And they came to Nazareth and I introduced them to my family. And that was wonderful. And that reminds me with our wonderful work at Magen David Adom. We work all the time, Jews, Arabs, like Muslims and Christians and Druze also um, in, in our shifts every single day, every single minute. And when we work three people in a team, a Druze, a Jewish and a Christian or a Muslim, we usually go, for example, after a case, when, when we are hungry, we go to the, 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 the nearest place in the location we are in and go and eat if it's an Arabic restaurant and we take something for it for the station for everyone or I don't know hummus and pita or whatever I think that is wonderful this is the diverse wonderful organization where each one of us it comes from a different unique background and as I always like to say that each one of us is this pearl but what's, what makes it more interesting that each field is from a different background and different unique background and what connects between us is this necklace that is built on values and saving lives. And at the end of the day, we have a, a real one goal is saving lives and you know accepting the other, no matter who they are. You actually answered the next question, who has the best hummus? But it seems like you all share that, uh, oh, that piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I, I want to go to the moment of Yom Ha'atzma'ut, right? Um, not many people have around the world have celebrated Yom Ha'atzma'ut in Israel, Israel's Independence Day. And if you have, not many people have actually attended the ceremony on Har Herzl, on Mount Herzl, where the national uh, ceremony occurs. And if you have been there, well, not many people have actually lit one of those torches. And you, you had the opportunity to light that torch. And as you said in your video, for the glory of the state of Israel, take us to that moment when you got the phone call or the email saying, you, Yasmin, are going to represent Magen David Adom for the state of Israel at the National Independence Day. What was that like? And then what did it mean to you? And um, maybe you can share a little bit about what that was like in your family or community. As you mentioned, there was sometimes a little pushback. Um, take us through that experience. Sure. First of all, it, I, I was honored to lighten the torch in the name of MDA employees and volunteers. And I, I said, and I felt that like all of us hold, hold this um, torch and lighten it all together. Um, 
you know, Magen David Adom is my second home, as I mentioned also in this video um, that we saw um, before. Um, and that was really great experience. I cried, that was so moving and touching. And I think that was very, um, very, uh, a great feeling that I will never be able to even describe. That was really great. Um, and I believe that when you have a faith, faith in something, it's not impossible to make it happen. And as Binger Yon said, um, in, it's a very short story, but he said to those three um, men who wanted to build a dairy in the desert, he said three words, dare, consist, and succeed. Dare of what you want to do um and just continue doing and then succeed and then you will succeed despite all the challenges and pain i was experiencing at the social level especially from losing childhood friends who decided to stay away from me due to my political views um i took upon myself to instill the memory of the holocaust in my in my society in the art society through a roadshow, presentations that I gave initially at my school and later in numerous schools, youth groups and NGOs throughout the country. Um, this experience um, taught me the, you know, the critical importance of cultivating empathy and openness to diversity among social groups. And, and I, I it, it was a very, um, it was great, you know, feeling for me because all my life I grew up not to take the, the I, I would call it um, not to take the easiest road, you know. Um, I went, or I went and um, I went through challenges, especially with my, uh, in my community, as you said, and I, I would say that for this daring that I did, um, there is a price tag indeed, but if we heal it properly, everything will, you know, it, it will be, it will, uh, we can overcome it. And I would say that I, I felt that this experience or this challenge that I went through and I decided to turn it as an opportunity to make a difference, like to turn this weakness into an opportunity to make a difference in the Arab society. I would say that um, it's like, you know, a window that is built uh, built from um, like a glass window, a glass window, I would call it, that we see each other as uh, Jews and Arabs in the in the country of Israel. We hear maybe about each other. Uh, we know a little bit from stereotypes from our families, friends, our neighbors, maybe the news, but we have never talked to each other. And I think this challenge uh, and this challenge that I went through broke this window and made this bridges between people because many many people are afraid to say their opinions because they're afraid from their surroundings maybe mm -hmm. but at the end after this challenge that I faced 
that opened the door for many people who want to make also change, but we're a little bit afraid. Um, and I am sure that things, I paid, you know, I paid for this um, challenge and still paying for it, but I am sure that things will change for the better. And, you know, especially when I'm talking about Megan David Adom, we make all this change through our work at Megan David Adom, because Megan David Adom is the diverse organization that we are all Jewish, Christians, Muslim, and Druze work all together for this one reason at the end of the day to save um, lives, no matter who is the patient or where is, it, where is he coming from. And people see this through our work. So I know uh, you just said that you have paid and continue to pay a price, but I also know the uh, payment that we owe you, not physical dollars, but the uh, emotional payment at, that we will be ever forever indebted to you, um, to, to what you do. Um, there's one question Sorry. that I want to ask you. Yeah, go ahead, Yoni, please. May I add one thing that- Yes. Uh, in Magenda Vidadom, we were so proud that Yasmin was chosen to represent us, represent the organization in the most important ceremony held once a year in Mount Herzl in Jerusalem, uh, dividing, it, it's the, the minutes that are dividing from National Memorial Day right. to the Independence Day celebrations. This is the ceremony. And uh, we are extremely proud that first Magenda Vidado was chosen to, to be present over there. It was the first time ever. And that Yasmin was our representative. Um, Yasmin, somebody wants to know, outside of Netflix, how did you learn to uh, speak English? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, but actually, outside of the English, maybe you can share the Hebrew story as well, because I don't think people are aware that Hebrew, of course, is also not your first language. Well, thank you for this question. As I mentioned in the beginning, I was I was born to a very open house that is open to people, to cultures, to languages also. And that was really one of the most important things or um, it was an important thing for my parents um, to teach us languages. And I think and believe, I believe that languages are the languages connect between us as people, you know, um, at the end of the day, um, we need to, to, to talk to each other and communicate. And for me as a paramedic, and, in, in, and I'm studying also uh, business, uh, my master's degree is an MBA, and I always say that businesses we do in pe with people and in order to communicate with people we need um, languages so that was really important thing to to me to study um, English first of all so from home and Hebrew I knew Hebrew but when I went to but when I went to um, study um, you know when I was 14 years old at MDA um i think the most the, the the most essential thing 
that helped me um, improve my Hebrew or my language. My language is talking and with with other people in conversations. Um, and I would say also um, breaking the stereotypes from our heads and our minds that we can't. And the second thing is just to dare and do it and we'll succeed. <laughs> so I have a question for Yoni and for Yasmin now, because not only are you a paramedic and not only are you a Christian Arab in Israel, and not only are you doing the amazing things, and by the way, not only did Yasmin study at BYU, I believe, linguistics, and not only is she uh, going for her MBA, God willing, in the, in the top university around the world, the United States, Europe, um, but now both of you are working in the medical field, saving lives during COVID. Maybe Yoni, you can share a little bit about what uh, Magin David Adom is doing during the COVID world, how that's changed, and Yasmin, maybe how uh, that has also maybe not changed, but you've seen a different perspective in the world in terms of saving lives, uh, because COVID is a disease that doesn't matter if you're Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Arab, or Israeli. Um, if you're a human being, COVID is there. So maybe Yoni, you can start with you, and then Yasmin. So it, it seems to be uh, many, many, many years ago, but it just uh, happened two years ago. And Magenda Vidodome was approached by the Ministry of Health uh, when the, the first patients were detected here in Israel, uh, they came from abroad. And we were asked to begin uh, providing swab tests to people who were exposed to potential positive patients at their homes. Soon after, when the numbers grew bigger, we were asked to open up uh, other arenas. And we were the only organization that provided these swab testing to people either in their homes or in drive and test facilities like, uh, you know, uh, uh, drive through uh, facilities. And we were testing tens of thousands of people, making sure that let's say, we gave the Israeli medical system the needed time to get organized because no other organization was able to conduct this work and give the understanding of the scope of how many people are affected in Israel. It was small numbers and it grew bigger and bigger and bigger. Then vaccinations came about a year ago and we were asked to provide vaccines alongside with the national HMOs, the medical organizations in Israel. And our task was mainly first to vaccinate the most vulnerable parts of the Israeli society the people, the elderly people who live in old age homes and in nursing homes and people with disabilities, etc. And uh, again, it was something that we were never trained to do. So we trained our teams how to provide the Pfizer vaccine and immediately sent them and merging with a lot of technologies. We had to utilize our own command and control technologies to and match it with the system of the Ministry of Health. So each patient that was swab tested will appear on the database and each patient that was, that person who was vaccinated will be on the database. And we were able to do it because uh, our technology was developed in house. We have developed our own command and control system. So we had to adapt, all the adaptations were done in house. We have integrated many, many people I can tell you that I was with, with some of our colleagues in the US when 
we began to see the number coming climbing up in Israel. And relatively at that time, our emergency phone system on a, every 24 hours we responded to about 6,000, 6,500 calls for people with medical issues wanted to know some information, etc. And all of a sudden, when we looked at our system that was at APAC in, in Washington, and it was live streamed over there, and we saw 20,000 calls. And we had to respond to each and every one of them because we were only the only referral organization that could provide information to concern the Israelis until the system, the entire medical system in Israel was able to learn fully organize and provide a much better service to anyone. Uh, and I think we were able to do it because we had we have fantastic people and we are an organization that is extremely flexible. We can learn while moving and adapt ourselves and our abilities while learning and adopting new technologies and new things. Um, and that's what we continue on doing even now where the numbers are skyrocketing with this Omicron. We only yesterday, we had close to 90,000 positive patients, people in Israel from close to 400,000 tests that were taken, not only by us, but many other organizations. We can do it on our own now. And that's uh, what we do in addition to the daily routine, traditional, as we say, work of, of the organization. Yasmin, is there something that has changed during the last two years during COVID that you have seen that has, that you realize that Magandi Viradom actually helped your community in ways that you, it couldn't have before? I would say about COVID that it, we all face this um, pandemic, like, you know, Jews, Arabs, and it, every community in the country. And I think this, um, did a did a great work in bridging between societies and bridging between us because we all faced this pandemic and when we as as paramedics medics or all employees and volunteers when we had to put all this suit on us on this uh, all this um, outfit uh, they, that we we saw on tv on on social media um we had to put this, we, we had to put it on for all patients, not only for Arabs, not only for Jews, not only for Muslim, not only for Christian, for all of us. And the first thing that we say for these patients that we are sorry that we are with all of this outfit, but we have to, you know, we have the pandemic, we are facing this pandemic in the forefront of it. And um, we, we, you know, we have a smile underneath and we do this for everyone, not just you. And I, I think that, that that's a really good thing that the pandemic brought to us, I would call it. I think that one of the things that we've learned that when you're with a mask, people don't know whether they are really smiling, etc. Yeah. And the touch. The human touch when you put your hand on an arm of a patient who is, doesn't feel well, who is concerned, they're now on the way to the hospital, 
And in previous waves going to the hospital, not always the outcome was positive, unfortunately, and people were stressful and their family members were stressful. And you put the hand, even though you're all covered and you have this human touch, it, it's something that we were able to provide to people within the journey from home to the hospital and gave them some basic human reassurance. Absolutely. Especially when we go to patients to their most intimate places, you know, to their bedrooms or to their houses, to their um, living room, it's their comfort zone, you know, it's their, it's their place, it's their home. So our mission is to work all together and bring this um, smile. Sometimes all they need, all the patients, what, what all they need is just to this smile or somebody to talk to them. So I really agree with you, Yoni. That's right. So um, first of all, you're getting lots of comments that saying both of you are amazing and we have to share that story. So if uh, your friends have not seen this program today, it'll still uh, live on our Sinai Temple YouTube channel. That's Sinai or youtube.com slash Sinai Temple presents. So make sure you send this on to uh, your family and friends that have not seen this. Um, if you do have a question or two, please put it in the chat in the Q&A and we have a few more moments. I wanna, um, Yasmin, ask you two questions. Uh, the first is, uh, what is the message to our young people, right? I meet with bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah students who are 12 and 13 years old and they have dreams of doing this and doing that. Um, they never tell me, you know, I'm gonna be a paramedic and solve world peace. Um, and I, in fact, for those of you watching, um, we're hopefully making a shiduch uh, meeting between our eighth grade students who will be in Israel in uh, April and May, and hopefully meet one-on-one -on -one with uh, Yasmin and Yoni. Um, but what, are, what, is your, what is your message to Jewish Americans, and you've got to meet the Jewish American community as you've been here, um, going forward, especially for the young people who are 13 and 14 years old, put yourself back when you were 14, what would you tell them today? Wow, that is wonderful. First of all, you're most welcome to Israel and we're waiting forward to meeting you and um, to seeing you and spending time with you here in our wonderful country. I would say it's, it's very simple. I, I want to quote, um, I want to take a quote from Herzl that says, if you want and decide to do something, it's not a legend. And if we want to plant love and make a change, we can do it. We need faith and, you know, to go ahead and keep constant and do it and we will succeed. Just, I think each one of us, just take it to yourself and put um, a goal for yourself, set a goal to yourself and just dare, as I said in the beginning, as I mentioned, dare, keep going and you will succeed. Go with your values, with your um, belief, and I'm sure that you will succeed. So Yoni, what's your message? Uh, Yasmin just gave us the message to our American Jews. What's your message to young people in Nazareth and other Arab Israeli cities uh, that we want to bring to them? When Yasmin was uh, speaking now, it's uh, as if uh, she uh, was saying the same things that I'm saying to my children, as if she heard it. 
and this is what it is. I mean, uh, we have I've learned over the years that uh, if you want something, you can achieve it, even though it's not easy. There's a lot of uh, hardships and and difficulties, etc. But you can focus and you can do good first to yourself, but also to others, and achieve. And it's not something. Uh, let's say uh, to make mistakes, it's okay. It's human. People can always change things along the way uh, until they reach and fulfill their goals. Uh, I can tell you, I when I was uh, in high school, I didn't think that uh, it will Magendavidodom will become my career. I was uh, studying in in Rubin Musical High School. I thought I might be I don't know playing guitar in a band or something like that. But uh, life uh, leads you to a variety of things and uh, be persistent and enjoy it. This is, I think, the most uh, important thing. Uh, and uh, come and visit us. Uh, Israel is fantastic. Mother is amazing. And we'll be more than happy to see you here in between COVID. Yeah, in between. <laughs> Uh, Yasmin, I wanted you to end with the story that you told us at Sinai Temple, and it was about a father and a map. I don't remember all the details, but I think coming from your mouth and your heart and soul, it's going to be a beautiful way to uh, end our conversation. Um, and it's going to be the macro level, right? We just saw a lot of the details, but let's take that step back and realize what this whole picture uh, really means. So the, the father and the map. Yes, this is one of our... Greatest stories that my parents, we, we usually have family home evening and in every family home evening, each one of us shares a story and a story that I really, really love and that touched me and my, you know, touched me as a person and it was, it was a story that my parents told us and it, it talks about a professor um, that, uh, that had to finish his uh, final project at the university. And he has a child, a very young ch child. And he wanted to play with him all the time and to talk to him and, you know, to, to, talk, to play with him. But the father had to finish his project, his work. He was thinking to himself, what should I do so he can just go away from me for four hours so I can finish my project and come back to him. And after that, we can play and do whatever you want. The father was looking in a magazine and he saw the map of the world. He tore it from the magazine. He cut it into very small pieces and gave it to his child and said, well, take this map of the world and fix it until I finish my project. And then we will play and sing and do whatever you want. Just take, it, take your time and, you know, and fix the world. So the, the child went away and he said, well, how can I do it? It's the map of the world, like it's, it's impossible. He, he, he looked into the, to the pieces and he saw on the other side, when he flipped the pieces, he saw on the other side that there is a, a picture of a human, of a man. He flipped all the pieces and started to, to build and fix this person, this man. And he went to his father 
And he said, well, hello, dad, I finished the map, I fixed the, the world, I fixed the map, and here you go, just after half an hour. And the father said, like, how come you finished this already? I gave you, I gave you the map of the world. You should take, it should take more time. And then he said to his father, well, I flipped the pieces. I saw a picture of a human. I fixed this one person. I flipped the picture and I fixed the world. And that reminds me of, of us. If we fix or make changes, I would call make changes, not fix ourselves, make changes, break stereotypes, break, you know, break um, some, um, I, I would call it some uh, barriers, you know, we can fix ourselves. And this is absolutely like COVID. We fix ourselves and we, you know, we give this to others in our surrounding and to other circles and to other people. And then we can see that we fix the world. And I'm sure that we can do it. And this is my story to you. And I think that it's it's very it's very related to you know our work at Megan David Adom as diverse organization that we work all together for this one goal of saving lives and accepting the other for who they are no matter their color religion or anything else and we you know we show people that we give this emergency services for everyone no matter no matter who they are and Sometimes people like, especially when I talk about the Arab, Arabic, um, the Arab society, they, they are sometimes like shocked, like, wow, you are like Jewish, Muslim and, and Christian. You came to me at the time that I needed your help and you are all helping me all together. And they learn from us, from our wonderful work at Megan David Adom, that we are all, you know, like a family and we can change the stereotypes and change many things from our surrounding. And I'm sure that this goes from one person to another. As we say in our tradition, Olam Chesed Ibaneh, that we build this world with kindness. And Yasmin, that simply is who you are. I know not only your parents are proud, and I know that your community is proud. I know the state of Israel is proud. And today I know the, uh, Friends of Magen David Adom and the entire Jewish world is just not only proud, but thankful. And for that, we say to Daraba. We want to thank Yasmin Mazawi. We want to thank Yoni Yagadovsky. We want to thank American friends of Magen David Adom. We want to thank the Sinai Temple Israel Center for uh, being with us today. Again, if your family and friends are looking to uh, see this unbelievable program and discussion, youtube.com slash Sinai Temple presents. And uh, we wish you a uh, good week and a wonderful day, wonderful evening. Bokertov. Bye, Lato. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you so bye, much. Bye-bye. Thank you.